Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Good morning, everybody. How y'all feeling? I'm just grateful to be here as a person, uh, myself. You know, I was just uh, during singing and just thinking, you know, like sometimes as a leader, which is really a servant leader, as uh, an under leader to the great leader, which is Jesus. Jesus brought you here. He brought us all here. And uh, just sitting there thinking and praying, it was just, I was like, God, bring your presence in this place. And then my, chair, my prayer changed, bring your presence in me. And something happened. It was just awesome because it's uh, not only do I want God to move for each of us today, and I, the same grace we're singing and talking about, it's the same grace I need. It's the same grace that's beautiful, that's transformed me. That I found so many different um, detours in life, pit stops, if you will, and nothing fulfilled this craving and this longing and desire that there was something more but Jesus. How long have you known Jesus? 10 years, five years. Some of you don't know. I had this moment interaction with my kids the other day and I, I asked them, I said, uh, I said, hey, what's the church, guys? And they said, uh, oh, it's city life. I was like, no, no, what's the church? And I said, it's kind of a trick question. Maybe I tried to. Uh, shift in this direction, but I think it was something that they picked up, very subtle, that they haven't heard, but they picked it up, and it came in our household. I said, is it a building? And they go, yeah. I just I thought, man, what a failure I am as a parent. But what do you think the church is? Is it a building? Are you sure? Are we going to the house of God? Or was God with us in the car? Was God with us in our family? Was God with us at work? And when we come together, what happens is we get a little glimpse of what's going to happen forever. Many different people, different walks of life, different giftings. I remember it was 09. I was sitting in a basement of a church plant called Blueprint. And we were there and uh, a lot of mixture of emotions because we were there uh, in a time to record an album. And if you have ever been around music or uh, been around people that make music. It, music's a challenging thing because uh, so many people are going to give you accolades and everyone's going to tell you you have to be on the radio. That's what success is. And so the way we gauge success is so easily to become distorted. And I was wrestling those emotions in 2009 in Atlanta because we were there recording with some uh, amazing producers Grammy-winning producers were there, and I'm thinking, oh, okay, well, like, I feel this call to tell people about Jesus, but yet, how do I fund it, and how do I continue to pursue what he wants to love people in a region? What does discipleship look like when it's just CD sales? And wrestling that, and wrestling the pride and the ego that comes with it, and, and the tension, and, and, and really praying, maker of music, make music through me. But why? Did I just want people to see something that was great and give me praise or really meet Jesus? And that's still a prayer that is, is challenging to this day. 
do I want people to talk about what's going on at City Life or do I want to talk them talk about how they met Jesus through City Life? Total difference. And as I'm sitting in this basement at this church plant, this, this pastor comes up, he's just sitting on a stool. And he's like, hey, you know, I've got a little disappointing news. If you were looking for a place where you're just going to find Jesus alone in your closet and your prayer time and your perfect little life, and you want to find a program on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday that you can go to, you pick the worst church to come to today. And I'm sitting here like, this is the worst pitch ever, right? Something happened though. He said, but if you're looking for something that is beyond a building, that's a community of people, that understands that all long to belong a community that longs to disciple not just what we think and feel, but what each other thinks and feel, that we come together as a collective, as a unit, sharpening each other, still embracing and respecting others' differences, but championing the call of Christ in us, then you pick the perfect spot because we're not a building. We're the local church. Welcome to Blueprint, he said. I'll tell you what, I was just like, boom, my heart's beating through my chest. I'm like, I'm home. Not that any other place was bad. It was just something in me ignited in that moment. Ignited in me that it was not about a wall, a barrier, a dress, a performance, that Jesus is who he says he is. He could take a misfit and an idiot like me and he wants to bring more people into that saving knowledge and that truth, that beautiful narrative, that captivating story. And today it's the same pitch I would give to you. If you're looking for a place for a program, or just a Tuesday night gig. You're looking for a place that gives you 10 tips on how to read your Bible alone. Like those things are cool, but I'll tell you what, it's Proverbs 18.1 that says, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. Many times when I'm by myself, it's when the weirdest thoughts come. I start to maybe twist the text and say, okay, well, this is what I think it means or I feel. And that's where the body comes in. But if you're looking for a place that longs to find itself in the deepest, darkest places, we were driving the city this week and uh, throughout the course of last month with Love the City, there's been this temptation where people are like, man, you're killing it. You're killing it, right? Like you guys are just changing the world. It's just but the most interesting thing was Love the City Week was kind of like uh, just a, it was a highlight, if you will, of what needs to take place all the time and what's taking place. And then we go right back to the schools and you start hearing about kids that are struggling and you drive down certain neighborhoods and you think, how does God feel about this? Not when you just drive down Michigan and Cedar and Pennsylvania, but what about when you start driving down the dead ends? When we all partake of some benefit in the city, but do we feel the weight of the city? It was so awesome what was happening in my heart because it was just turning up the volume to say, I'm trying to get closer to wherever one thinks you don't go. And for some of us, that is so uncomfortable. The question is, why is it uncomfortable? It's probably because we're selfish in letting ourselves sit on the throne, but Jesus wants to come in and wreck us and what happens is he gives us new identity, new purpose, new rhythm, and the song becomes so sweet. And we carry an aroma and a fragrance everywhere we go that his presence is alive for me first in my household, but to everybody else. 
as well. Taste and see that the Lord is good. This morning, I want to um, talk from the heart. Uh, so this isn't the, you know, just the five points to success. Those are great. I like those. This is right out of 1 Corinthians 12. And I'm going to read it. It's not on the screen for you today. For some, uh, that, that uh, bothers you because you're like, I, I want it as easy, as convenient as possible. That's a little uncomfortable for me. And for others, that's inviting because it says, I should maybe get a Bible. The Bible can be kind of daunting. I don't know about you, but I mean, you look at it, you're like, wow, it's even, it is even aesthetically looks a little different than other books I'm used to. And so it's weighty, it's lofty, but that's why God has given us community and leaders to help train us, guide us, inspire us, the body of Christ. Verse 12, for just as the body is one, Paul is writing to a church in Corinth. So people just like you and I in a city that are having some issues and some tensions, they're not understanding the gospel clearly. Gospel meaning this. When you think gospel, did you think music? Did you think building? Or did you think good news that found you dead in sin that wants to make you new and alive? That life's something to sing about. That we were slaves in sin, but now we're slaves to righteousness. It's a whole nother pattern and a whole nother rhythm to our life. Our beat is completely different. For just as the body is one, has many members, and all members of the body, though many, are one body. Like we could talk about one all day. Like we're one, we're one. This church had that similar issue as well. So it is with Christ for in one spirit, spirit being the Holy Spirit, beautiful mystery of God, God the Father, God the Son, Jesus Christ, and God the Holy Spirit. Three in one, beautiful community. For in one spirit, we are all baptized into one body. Why this is so um, cutting edge is because they're not fully understanding what that meant. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, all were made to drink of one spirit. What? Like we kind of get that. But as we looked at a couple weeks ago, we don't always get that. We're not always leaning into situations that are difficult, that don't necessarily look or think the way we think. And so our tendency is to start to assume there's something to be wrong in a particular setting. And we come to conclusions and say, here's a definitive reason why this is going on. And then everyone's an armchair quarterback online. We all post that we're better than the president. We're better than any candidate. We're better than anything that's ever existed when it could all just be like maybe a mirage. Have you ever thought of that? And then maybe there's a real king that really wants our heart and that we're citizens of another place that we act completely differently. And as we gather today, we got a glimpse of what that looks like, heaven, what that looks like. We all come in this place different, but we all come in this place united we're not asking anyone to conform. We're inviting everyone into our leader's story and what he does. And that's what unity is. A common cause, Jesus. So Jews are Greeks, slaves are free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. So this is so a uh, revelation for them because they're not understanding it that way. All people? Are you, like, come on, I thought it was just God's people. I thought just the children of Israel. Can't we just separate? Can't we segregate? 
For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. So here's an illustration. An illustration of what this looks like and how this plays out in their context. So I pray that this is an illustration that we understand that we can apply in our context. Context meaning our setting, your day-to-day, your life, your work, your home, your neighborhood, your families you interact with, people that necessarily don't line up with your worldview. How do we respond? In this specifically speaking, how do we respond in Christ In the family, if a foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less part of the body. And if an ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be any sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members of the body, each one of them, as he chose, if we're a single member, where would the body be? And as it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Anybody ever stepped on a Lego? (laughs) Like, I can't even count how many times right now. Like, we got kids, can't always clean up everything. I used to go to some people's house that had a lot of kids and I saw how messy everything was. It made me uncomfortable. And now people come to my house and they see how messy everything is and I feel uncomfortable that they're uncomfortable. (laughs) But I've stepped on so many Legos now that uh, one of them was the, 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 the worst by far to date. Two months ago, just a single Lego right at the, uh, just the, whatever the, you know, was a toe, heel, toes, you know, you're on your, what is that called? The ball of your feet. There you go, like athlete. I was on the ball of my feet, so I'm walking, I'm just jamming. Boom! Oh, <laughs> oh man, I want to, you know, discipline every kid ever. You're in timeout forever. Everyone's whooped. Everything is happening. Then I'm mad. Why am I not cleaning it? Why don't I, what are we doing? Why don't I have like, you know, uh, maids that come in? What is happening? I need a cleaning service. All these thoughts in just a matter of a second. And then two months later, I'm still walking. It still hurts. This, this, this week, I was getting ready to call MSU uh, Sports Medicine to wonder if that, that I'm having some type of healing issue because I still have this bruise on my bone, it feels like, from a Lego. Now, it would be silly if I thought because of my foot stepping on the Lego that I would cut off my foot so no longer I would step on Legos. When we find ourselves in Christ, we find ourselves comparing and wondering, do I really need that part of the body anymore? Now, as silly as it sounds with the Lego in your foot, that's exactly what happens all the time. If you want to belong, if you want to become part of something, then we have a list of checks boxes that we have to, you know, okay, okay, here's how I get on the team. Here's what we're doing. Jesus is so different. He says, no, I've made each person unique. I've given gifts that's completely different, that I'm wanting to use them as one in me, as the head and as the center of this body. And that the Holy Spirit working through the body starts to move in such a way that is captivating, that is inspiring, that's challenging. And comparison says this, 
It says, I value and I covet and I start to see what they have and I'm a little insecure and I'm disappointed because I don't have that. Some gifts are external. Some gifts are very shiny. But every single person struggles with this at some level. The grass is greener. I saw a quote this week, uh, the grass is greener, but yes, that's on top of the septic tank. You are incredible, and I am incredible, but we're both incredible at only a few things, and they're typically not the same few things. And so the temptation in life is when we're in our teens, uh, we, we long to belong, our teenage years, and that's why you see addiction start to adhere to somebody's life so strong because they're looking for purpose, they're looking for a sense of worth, and they started to remove themselves from community and started to isolate and started to say, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to fix it on my own because I've gotten made fun of. And my uh, response to this situation, because of hurt, and so a lot of us have been hurt so bad. So our response has been this. I'm going to retreat. I'm going to figure this out on my own. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to make sure nobody ever hurts me ever again. Ever again. I hate that feeling. So we put ourselves in this invisible bubble that is not secure, that is harming us from the inside out. And there's a book, uh, Leaders Eat Last, and it talks about how humans respond the best in particular settings when there's challenges and there's crisis and they're forced to work together. Is it possible that in our particular setting, in the Western part of the world, that things are so comfortable that we never have to interact with each other. We never have to fully see the benefit of another part of the body. That we can start to homogenize ourselves. We can start to have ourselves only in one particular setting and think that that's what everything looks like. And I pray that it's not so in my life and I pray it's not so in our lives. There was a diner we went to this week um, it was, uh, just, you know, just your old school type diner. I'm not going to say which one. But I remember going to those kind of diners as a kid. I remember feeling out of place a little bit, but I didn't understand why. And someone could debate, maybe that was God's prophetic thing for my life. Maybe it's because I, I was listening to hip hop too young. Maybe it's because I was watching Come Fly With Me with Michael Jordan. I'm not sure what it was, but I know this. The same things I'm eating at a diner at 36 years old was the same thing I remember eating at six years old. And the food never changed and the people type never changed. It just kept recycling. I felt like, I don't know if this is the glory of God in his fullness. Because what happens is, is we start to create so many environments that only serve me. And the gospel is so beautiful because it gives us the opportunity to be me. It really is. Like that's what's so incredible. You do have access intimately in your prayer closet. You do have access intimately when you open up God's word. And so there, that was the whole, Martin Luther's whole thing when the Reformation happened is, be, is like trying to hold the, the truth from the people. And that there is no like us and them. It's the people. It's God's people. It's what God's doing, what God's teaching, how he's leading us. But I dare if we looked at most of our lives, 
they start to reflect a lot of eye situations, a lot of hand situations. And then we're just around a bunch of ears because let's just be honest, it is way easier to love those that are just like you. And for some of us in the room, our environments are way easier to assimilate in. And what that would mean is to find yourself comfortable or catching your groove and finding a rhythm. Most settings might cater to you. When's the last time we've been in settings that don't cater to us? Where it's challenging. You know, people treat you differently, what clothes you wear. And there's wisdom in it to, to, to dress a certain way. And, but at some point, I just, just got to stop and say that shouldn't creep into the church. Got an email late last night. Um, it said, you know, uh, this individual has been going to this church in the suburbs, which this church is great. It's amazing. We have great giftings. We don't have a great gifting to accept people that are maybe a little bit marginalized. And uh, individual has a bunch of tattoos all over the place. And uh, just, just would you guys welcome them? I was thinking, man, what a thought. What has happened? We've been on the wrong side of history so many times. Like, how does it happen that we get to a place where we've cultivated environments where we find ourselves so comfortable in one particular persuasion. So please hear what I am saying, which is there is so much beauty in just being you. And you can, if, if you're a biker and you hang out at the Harley Fest and there's 7 million Harley dudes, like God is excited about that, okay? And if, if you're um, a business person and you go to the convention, you're like, everyone's like me. I love it here. Like God is excited about that. If you were in a particular service and you're around the army and you're like, I love the army. I was in the army, the air force. God is excited about that. But God is also more excited. I think when we start to come and we start to say, Hey, I don't understand your gift fully. I don't understand everything that you're doing, but I'm going to get a little closer because you know what? We're one in Christ and we need to let this reflect it a little bit more. And that's what I want it to happen. We start to say, you know what? I see Jorge back there. Jorge's gifts is a lot different than mine. Jorge has radical patience, radical faithfulness. I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen Jorge miss a day, ever. Like I've been, uh, Jesus rocked my life 14 years ago. And for 14 years, every place I go, I see Jorge serving at the door, you know? And it's the Jorge's that make a church. It's not the people that just get up and spaz out. It's the Jorge's that make a church. That's what Paul's writing to the church here is that though the diner's good, there's so many other types of food out there. There's so many different types of people out there. And though it may be confusing to you, God could be celebrating and smiling and saying, those are my kids. Look at them. Look at them. Sin has now affected us so deeply that we go back and we want to be alone and we hide when God sees us just as we are, because you can't hide nothing. So I empathize today with so many that have been hurt and maybe uh, have been carrying something for so long because you, you may be hurt by the church or you're hurt because you felt like you didn't fit in. But I think there's two responses to the gospel looking at the body of Christ. I think what happens is there's radical humility because all parts are equal and all parts have worth, and God is the orchestrator of everything. So therefore, there's humility that says, I, I, I'm not more important than that. I'm not more important. 
But there's also an identity component so strong that says, I can be vulnerable now and I'm gonna be hurt. And I have freedom and access to me. But I can be a part of a we environment. Because if you take like a me, right, and you take the M, like all about me, all about me, you flip that upside down, what you have is a we. So God loves them both. You can say me, this is how God made me. And you can be confident about it. As you work out your salvation, letting the Lord wreck you on a daily basis. But when we say we, what happens is, is we start to acknowledge, hey, we're a family. We're one. We're a family. Sister so-and-so, she's going to pray awesome. You know, Rob G's up here making music. It's awesome. Other people, you know, they're poets. It's awesome. Other people find themselves in the kids' department right now with your baby bawling, and they're wondering uh, if God is in that particular setting. They don't feel like he's there, but he's there. And that setting is awesome as well. You see the hashtags, right? We all do this. City Life does this. Like, hashtag, uh, together we're better. It's better together. And it feels kind of cheesy sometimes when you're looking at it at home and you're depressed and you're confused. You're like, oh, well, that's all great. They look like they have a lot of fun, but I don't have fun. But I think it's still that little kid inside of us all that when we told someone we didn't want to get invited, what we really meant was we wanted somebody to chase us and ask us a bunch of times. And we wanted to be invited again. Verse 21, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again ahead to the feet, I have no need of you. And on the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker and indispensable are those parts of the body, as we think less honorable and bestow the greater honor, are, and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts are, do not require. But God has so composed the body, given greater honor to the part that lacked it, the gospel, the upside down kingdom for the person that is marginalized that someone may say, oh, you're on a dead end street. No, that's God's street. You saw your story is broken. God saw it as perfect situation, perfect conditions for his son to come in and show up and show off. And that's the life song of all of us. We want more people to know Jesus, period. That there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. This takes sensitivity, y'all. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. You know, as we recorded the album in 09. We went out for five years and shared the gospel with kids, which led to a burden to just want to just, just plant somewhere. It's like touring, it's cool and stuff, but just be like, I'm here. And uh, we lived here, but it was time to go even deeper and further. And in those five years, what I heard a lot of times was, man, God's using you. And you know, it was interesting because it was people that were faithfully giving to the ministry. I said, no, God's using us. We rejoice together and we suffer together. 
invite you back into that family type of imagery today. The family imagery of we. I would dare say there's a lot of energy exercised in things that don't create we environments. They create me environments. And what me environments do is they start to create, people wonder, can I be accepted? Does God really love me? Man, he just is a building. He doesn't want an intimate relationship with me. And that's why when I was standing right there worshiping, God's like, no, remember, I pursued you. Steadfast love for you. That's my prayer today. That in a room this size, we would rip off our mask and say, who cares? Who cares? You know when you get that sweet mojo where you don't care about anyone, it's just you against the world. You think you're bumping a Tupac song in the background and it's just, you don't care. And someone's like, what? I would never bump a Tupac song. I'm not, whatever. Whatever gives you that moment where you were like, I can do anything. Maybe you only had it one time. Maybe you were so mad that I can do anything was just, I'm going to punch that person. What is the I can do anything moment? Think of that moment, and that's how God's thinking about you all the time. All the time. You can do it. I'm for you. Look at my son. And then you start to learn his word. You want to read this book and you want to find yourself connecting with people in community and you want to trust again. You want to get sharpened again. You ask questions. You start to believe because you're not uh, dictated and ruled by your differences. What you're now finding is you're celebrating each other's diversity and their differences. And so the gospel is not conformity, okay? So you got to hear that, but it's unity in Jesus. And then now for, we don't put our interests first. We put his interests first and we put others' interests first. And so it's so beautiful when you let God have your life. And so the thing you've been looking for was probably something that will never give you rest. I looked for a lot of junk this week and it never gave me rest. The only time I ever got rest is when I lived a life devoted and said, I lose my life. God, have my life. I want to know you. I want everything about you. God, please take the wheel. And here's the coolest part of this verse. It says, verse 27, now you are the body of Christ and individual members of it. So next time we look to talk to people and we get a little bit mad at them, be careful because we're talking about something that is God's. We're talking about a member that is God's. And how much more for us that profess Jesus. And for you that you don't know Christ and you came in this place, you're like, wow, Jesus, this sounds amazing. What does this good news mean? Real quickly, what the good news is simply is this. You're a horrible sinner and you'll never make it. And I am a horrible sinner and I will never make it. It doesn't matter how much good things I do that I will never be good enough compared to an holy almighty God. And that I'm dead in my sin and this is the bad news. And that sin will separate me from God forever. And then I find my life because of the sin trying to create false gods, worship false gods, do everything possible to take God out of the equation and just live my life as a life that's centered on me or centered on whatever the sin has dictated. And then what happens is when the good news steps in and says this, hey, little buddy, I see your pain. Hey, guess what? On your worst day, I loved you. And on your best day, you weren't good enough. But I'll do this. I'll exchange your life for mine. If you put faith and believe in me, Jesus, beautiful. Jesus, beautiful. Jesus, beautiful. And so where you're at, I pray that you would 
just cry out and say, man, God, save me. I'm that sinner. I need that good news and I need that freedom that comes and then that identity. And it won't be easy. I think the bait we give in Christianity is too, too often um, a little distorted because it says that if you come to Christ, everything's going to be perfect. Man, it might even actually get a lot harder, but he's overcame the world. It might get tougher, but you have something that money can't buy. An eternal kingdom, a mansion that Jesus went and prepared for us. And that's not just, not just like literal mansion, but that's just like figurative, the beauty of all of the kingdom of God forever, that, forever and forever that will reign. So we get glimpses of that now. We get glimpses of when we interact with different members in the body. We get glimpses when we find ourselves driving and eating at different places that we normally don't eat at. So I conclude with this thought. Yes, there is radical freedom to be me. There's radical freedom. Man, keep eating at that same place forever. You get two sausage links. You get two eggs. Everybody knows your name. You come in, you get the same coffee every single day. But I'll tell you what, at some point though, start to just look up and see what's going on with we. Because there's a lot of settings that are saying, come here, come here. Let's be a part of something bigger than ourselves. Come here. But our ego is to be checked at the door and then we put on the hat and the mind of Christ and say, that's our leader. That's our leader. That's our leader. And that's what unity looks like. And he made us completely different on purpose. On purpose. Let's pray. Jesus, I, uh, I, I thank you for today. I thank you for each person here, different members of the body. Some of the body parts are bruised here, hurting, wondering if they're able to heal again. God, breathe your life, your presence into them. Hmm. God, that there will be no more people feeling like they're left out but they'll just have radical confidence in how you made them and they can show up anywhere at any given time because they know they're loved and therefore they will love. God, for the addict today, I pray that you would give deliverance for the household that's been filled with abuse and hurt and pain. I pray that you would just begin to take out the kinks and all the knots and undo all the damage. The hateful speech will get shifted to listening ears that will lead to powerful words. That each person here would know that it is well with our souls in Christ and hallelujah meaning highest praise because the good news is that good and therefore we say hallelujah God get your team connected today get your team believing again today get your team hoping again today 
for the single parent that feels so exhausted, doesn't know how they're going to make it. God sees your pain. And though it's going to continue to be challenging, one day, one day, he will wipe away every tear. and There will be no more pain and no more sorrow. Stay the course. And for those that feel comfortable, I pray that they would just start to be excited about the adventure to feel a little bit more uncomfortable. Start to love and listen and learn and lead in ways that challenge us and inspire us. But that's like you, Jesus. And then we feel most alive when we're connected together in a challenging situation, in trying times, doing something great, great that will last forever, the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you guys. Um, I was getting my eyebrows done this week, and uh, hey, understand me. I must try to understand you. I don't want caterpillar eyebrows. And I was there, I was talking, and we were hanging out. And it was really awesome because these people were coming up saying, man, City Life made us feel really comfortable. And it's amazing. This family's connecting with Jesus there. And they're coming alive. And thank you for what you're doing. And I was just so excited. I'm like, wow, Jesus is doing a great thing. And, and the individual they were talking about walks in. The next thing you know, the whole place at, I can't remember what it's called, but like Eyes by India or something. And I think that is the name. But... Uh, everyone's talking, everyone's celebrating, all different walks of life people was just hanging out and we're hanging out and we're laughing and we're joking and everyone's like, what's going on? We're hanging out right there in the mall talking about Jesus. And it was so cool because we're getting ready to leave and um, she might even be here today. She said, I'll see you Sunday. And uh, she goes, give me a hug. We gave her a hug and I said, well, when are you getting on the dream team? And she goes, well, I got a lot going on in my life and, and I got this going on, this going on. I said, well, geez, the dream team, that's just like connected. And I might be serving like once every six weeks, once every four weeks. They were like, what, really? I didn't know that. And I thought sometimes, you know, doesn't matter how many times we say it, perception is when you hear commitment, you think, oh, I got to be exhausted. No, no, hear invitation. She's like, oh, I'm going to put it in the card this week. I'm going to join the dream team. So it was important to me that I just shared a little just a little commercial about the dream team. Because when you think dream team, you might see young kids that are carrying a lot of the weight. Maybe you're not the young kid that's gonna carry a lot of weight. Maybe you're the person that needs to be back with the babies once every two months because you know what? You're a lot better than the 18-year-old that doesn't know what they're doing necessarily. And you've, you're a, grandchild, you know, a grandparent, you've got grandchildren and we need you, right? So holistically, we long for diversity economically, racially, and in age. If I hear one more time, well, that's a young church. I'm like, man, get out of here. At what point are you going to start to like, come on, you go eat at Chipotle. That's a young environment. You go walk in the mall. That's a young environment. And then Christ becomes this environment that's only for us. No, it's for us, everyone. That means different walks of life. So it is 2016, if anyone didn't know. And that's what we got to do. We got to embrace that, but fully know this. Your gifting, your age may be different, but I hope that that doesn't stop you or intimidate you from joining the dream team. Because we're going to get ready this next season for something amazing. I want to invite everyone to come October 16th to hear what's going on. 
behind the scenes at Urban Beat. We're gonna fill that place up to hear. If, you, if you're on the dream team, call City Life home or just wanna know more in the world what's going on with City Life, we're gonna share that day for the next year, that day, behind the scenes, first look. So I love you guys. Um, Trina's gonna come up during the giving portion and we're gonna worship at the end and uh, just pray that during the worship time, you would not wonder we, but just me, God connecting and then let that flip upside down and then we ignite in Christ. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.